Have you ever wondered about the wild activities that go on at a bar? Well, that wondering ends right now. Welcome to the Open Bar Talk Podcast, where host Jim Search sits down with bartenders near and far to hear the whopping tales that only a drink slinger has. So buckle in, have a cold one, and enjoy it. All right. Uh, it's happening right now. We're going to make this real. It's going to be rad. Uh, this is Open Bar Talk podcast, episode 17. Uh, 17 episodes of the classic stories that bartenders have, and I'm bringing them to you. Uh, of course, we are under quarantine. That is how the world is now, and we just have to fucking accept it. Uh, openbartalk at gmail.com is a good place to get a hold of the show. Uh, open bar talk on Instagram is another place to find uh, any social media shit with this. Uh, if you check that part out, uh, open bar talk on uh, Instagram, I post stories of my fucking crazy bar days, and uh, those are always fun to read. So go do that. Um, and if you want to find me, I'm at gymsearchcomedy.com. You can go on all the social media, find me at gymsearch. I make it super easy for you. So. Now that I've gotten all that shit out of the way, um, we will get into our introduction of our guest. Uh, very excited to have this dude on. I've been friends with this motherfucker for, God, half a decade. Easily, right? Easily. Yeah, easily. These five years, uh, I've been uh, running up and down the East Coast uh, and L.A. Uh, with this, uh, this dude. Uh, you know, one of the most loyal dudes I know. Uh, very hilarious comedian, and he's going to tell us all about his bartending days. Chris Millhouse, everybody. Chris, how you doing, my friend? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me on the pod, man. It's great. Yeah. Um, you know, we had a little technical difficulty up top, but, you know, uh, you can't keep a good swipe boy down. No, and man. We just, we've, we, been, we've been through too many swipes, dude. We can't, uh, you know, you, you, can't, you can't hold us back. <laughs> yeah, man. We're not trying to live like that. Skype wanted to be an asshole. And so we're zooming this. That's we're how zooming the fuck out of this. Let's go. I will. We'll get zoomy. Uh, so now, uh, now we got that um, uh, done and all spoken for. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into the world of bartending. What uh, What was your first dive in? Uh, well, I've worked in the restaurant industry for years, man. Like my first job was like uh, I was like sixteen. I was a busboy uh, at a restaurant in uh, high school, and then. I uh, kind of, you know, you move up to waiter and then eventually they, you know, you say, Hey, I want to bartend. And, you know, most service industry places will be like, Oh, cool. They try to hire within from most parts. So right. I, um, my first bartending job was actually at a fine establishment, better known as uh, on the border Mexican restaurant. <laughs> yeah. that, the uh, whitest that, American, the whitest American version of Mexican food you could find. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it was a good, it was a good learning job, man. I mean, I learned how to make a lot of shit there. You learn a lot of like, you know, how to make things quickly. A lot of margaritas, obviously, you know, so sure. I had to work for work that, for that place for a while. And then, um, and then I eventually moved up to LA. I was in San Diego and then I moved up to LA and the, the bar job I got in LA, I worked for this wild ass place. It is fucking wild. It's this bar called the Edison. Go on. And the Edison is a 1930s speakeasy type of uh, bar. It's uh, the entrance is in an alley. It's in the old power factory from 1910 that used to power up Los Angeles. It's actually really beautiful. It's a cool concept, but the place is just bananas, man. Um, if you guys Google it or like look online, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place. It's in this big basement. It's massive. It's huge. 
But uh, you'd think that this place would be a lot more classy than it really was. Okay, okay. Yeah. You've come I mean, to the right place. I started basically the bar back, and then I was like, basically, I was just doing uh, service bar tending basically for a while because, you know, I didn't really want to deal with customers, <laughs> you know? Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, that's how I pretty much, uh, that's, I mean, that's how I got into it, basically just learning. And then uh, you get people that help you out that you know in the service industry that got, that push you up, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like you kind of went the uh, uh, same trajectory as a lot of other bartending folks in that, like, you did the uh, bar backing route, kind of got your feet behind the bar sort, and then. Yeah. The well, big- I was in the, on the border, I was waiting tables. And then they just, I just said, Hey, I want to bartend. I did a little bit of bartending and they were like, yeah, sure. And so they just kind of put me through some training and I was like, Oh shit, that was that easy. <laughs> and now what was, so what was it like, what was the difference between the restaurant side? And then when you went to the Edison, I'm assuming bartending wise, those are two different worlds. It's way different because the Edison was, um, it was more of like a high end fancy place. I mean, we got some like huge famous clientele, that came in there a lot. Um, it used to get rented out for like, you know, private weddings and shit. Um, right. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff, but like, you know, when you go from the restaurant to like, I mean, the Edison is still a restaurant, but it's mainly a bar, you know, mm-hmm. like on the, uh, most people don't go in there to eat and they have good food and decent food. It's just more of a bar place. So you go in for the cocktails. It was like mixology. So it really taught me a lot on how to make like crazy ass, like fancy drinks. And, you know, you, you, it really taught me more of, um, like a better pre- appreciation for the liquor at mm. this place, you know, like you really kind of, you went from drinking, you know, Jim Beam to drinking some high end shit like Pappy Van Winkle, which I don't know if you've ever had, but I've it is, not. it is phenomenal. And let me just say, we had a bottle of that. They, what they do is from, at least back then when I was working there, they only, Pappy Van Winkle only lets you have one bottle per year. It's like each crazy. It's one free. Yeah, so like if you're an establishment, if you're a bar, you can only order one one bottle per year because it's always on back order, and right. it's always and it's just they don't make that many because they want it to be rare mm-hmm. and they want okay. it to be high end. And so like I was like, dude, this can't be that good. And they gave us a bottle, dude. Our bartenders left maybe five shots in that bottle. We maybe sold five shots out of that thing. We drank the whole fucking bottle. <laughs> We just kept going, man, this is good. Let's try it. We, we got to be wrong about this. It can't be that good. And kept trying. And then, anyway, yeah. How much, uh, well, A, do you know how much the bottle goes for? Um, I think it's at least 800 bucks a bottle. God damn. And I think that's just the cost from, I would say, the, the liquor company. Well, yeah, I was going to say, what, um, what was um, the... Uh, markup for like when you sold it like oh easily like 50 bucks a shot easily god see that's just that's just showing you got it right oh yeah that's the same thing with like uh you know you get those uh johnny walker blue labels and things like that like some of the high-end shit you just sell for like 40 50 bucks per per shot and you're good and then you make your money man yeah so so all right so now that we've gotten kind of a picture of what your origin story of sort when it comes to the bar world um you know let's uh let's talk about the stories man what are some cra- what's some of the crazy shit you saw from behind the bar man i know there's it's there i get to see see we're doing this on zoom and chris's face right now i just saw all the stories come out at once oh yeah there's just so many man i mean 
I remember, so I used to also, like, I used to do a bunch of shit at the Edison when I first got hired. I do everything from, like, uh, waiting tables, busing tables a little bit, uh, bar backing. And then I was, you know, became a bartender, basically. And mostly did service bar there because, I, like I said, it was just easier not having to deal with people. But, I mean, there was one time um, I remember uh, I just kept hearing, like, you know, hey, like, be careful serving Asians. And I was like, why? And they're like, because they don't have a chromosome inside of them that can handle liquor very well, like majority of them. And I was like, what? And they go, yeah, like, just trust us. Keep most Asian people to three drinks or less because you're going to see what happens. And I remember I overserved this big party of Asian people. And like, there was like, um, there's probably like five or six of them, man. And I gave like, I think they all had at least four or five. I'd say four. And there's one girl, I walked up and then like, there's, everyone's like, oh God, oh God. And they started to run. And this girl literally, she was sitting at these, this table and there was like a big mirror next to the table. She went exorcist with her fucking puke. Oh Jesus. And just yacked everywhere. I mean, I'm talking all over the mirror, all over the floor, all over the fucking couches. Holy shit, man. And that's when I was like, okay, no, we got to be careful. Cause I know there's certain Asian friends that I have that could drink, but not everybody is that <laughs> that kind of person. And it was something I didn't know about like Asian people in general, about how they just, they, their faces turn red. And sometimes they, they just can't handle liquor like that, which is crazy. But, um, that so, was like my, my introductory into that place, by the way. That was like my first week at that bar. Now, what did, um, so what was the aftermath of that? The aftermath was, it was funny because like, we're trying to kick her out, but she kept throwing up. And oh, she, started, all right. so she started picking up glasses and she was like, bleh, bleh, and she threw up in literally like seven glasses after she had already thrown up all over everything. That those are her glasses now. <laughs> yeah, we were like, "Do you want these for your house?" Yeah, you keep these now because <laughs> we, there's no, and I don't give a fuck how much you clean out of that. That that's gone forever. Yeah, I think we just threw them all away, and then we were also like, I said to whoever was with her, I'm like, "Hey, you should at least tip the busboy that has to clean this up a hundred dollars." Yeah, fucking <laughs> because that's insane. Like. You know, that's a, uh, that is a horrific thing to a witness and B yeah. have to clean up. So that was like, that's basically the intro. The reason I mentioned is it's like the introductory for me into that bar. Okay. And, you know, as, as, as nice as a bar can be and as high end as a bar could be, you're always going to have people that just don't know how to drink or can't handle the liquor. Just doesn't matter. Really. In that aspect, it was because of whatever chromosomes supposedly they're missing that they can't handle it. But, uh, I mean, there's also, there's people that just can't flat out drink, you know, and like, you've seen it, like. I've been there. Yeah, man. And uh, so like that, this place gets fucking wild. And the thing is that like, sometimes the bar would sell these shots of absinthe. And uh, it's not real absinthe from Europe, which is the thing where it has wormwood in it. And that, <clears throat> that stuff like makes you hallucinate and like, right. makes you like, you know, basically just get real fucked up. But the alcohol content and these absinthe things are like insane. Like it's like a hundred percent basically. And yeah. so people would buy these shots and the, the shot girl would only be able to limit them to like two shots per person. That's it. You're like, they can never, they could never sell somebody more than two because if, they, if they're also drinking yeah. other shit. Oh yeah. I was, was going to say, I, so you're not just, I don't know anyone in the right mind. who's like, I'm just going to go have some absinthe and that's it. 
Yeah. No. No. No, no man. But like the, the thing about this place though is that like because it was like the high end place, like you saw everything there, man. I mean, um, one of the craziest uh, stories that comes to mind is that one day I was working the service bar and I got off early, like I was the the first in and the means first out. So I got to leave like let's say at midnight, and I think at like twelve thirty I was leaving and I was in the back doing like inventory or something in the liquor room, and I come back out. And there's no, and I look at the bar and it's just piled high with like empty glasses. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I was like, what the fuck? And like one of the bartenders was like, dude, where the fuck are the bar backs? And I was like, I, I, I don't know. And he's like, he's like yeah, they're not back in the cage with you. With a, we had a liquor cage. I was like, nah, they're not back there. I was just doing inventory. And they were like, could you come back here and do some dishes before you go? I was like, no, I'm fucking off, dude. Like I'm leaving. Yeah. And they go, all right, well, do me a favor, man. Could you fl- please find the bar backs before you go? And I was like, yeah, I'll look for them. This place is massive. It's big. And so, like, I started walking around. And I found a security guard. I was like, hey, have you seen any of the bar backs? And he was like, yeah, one's right there. And he points over to, like, this place had, like, beautiful curtains everywhere. Like, it was really decked out nice. And behind this curtain was one of the bar backs with a... A uh, very large woman that was grinding on him, and <laughs> legitimately, he was trying to get his dick out while we walked around the corner. And I was like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Yo, man. And he was like, he was like, he was like, "Oh, what up?" And I'm like, "Dude, they're looking for you. You gotta get back to work." And he was like, "Ah, maybe later." <laughs> <laughs> And it's funny, I was starting to think, I was like, how, what is going on? And then I was thinking back, I was like, oh, yeah, we all were taking shots all night behind the bar because it was slow to start the night. And then it got slammed late. And so that's why there was all those glasses everywhere. And then right. I was like, yeah, you know, he goes, yo, find the other guy. And I was like, all right. So I started going around the corner with the security guard. I was like, where's the guy's name was Isaac. Uh, I doubt he'll listen to this, but <laughs> if he does, Isaac, yeah, sorry, buddy. You, uh, you were wild, man. And you know what you did. You know what you did. So we, I was looking for Isaac and we had this little, um, this little like uh, VIP room. It was like, um, it was in the old boiler room that they used to use to power up the old power factory. They basically gutted it and made it a really nice room with like booths and stuff. And in the little booths, um, you can pull the curtain. So you can kind of hide in, in these little booths. I know. So yeah. So we're walking by with me and the security guard and he was like, and he was like, ah, oh, son of a bitch. And I was like, what? And he goes, look inside there. And I go, I look in and there's Isaac just getting head from a girl. Like just uh, the <laughs> curtains like halfway shut and like he just getting blown. Yo, man, why did these guys go on strike to fuck? Yeah. I have the, hey, dude, I mean, they, they must have like, you know, met some girls at the bar and then hooked them up with some shots. And then the next thing they know. They're all just getting. Oh my god! So getting lucky. So what? So was he like? No, I'm getting blown. I'm sorry. No, the security guard was pissed because you know there there was customers in that same room. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So this isn't like it was like a hidden room. It was just like in the corner where they have like a booth and they have like um like a curtain that you can kind of close off, but it wasn't closed. That's the thing. It's like halfway shut. He must have just been like, ah, fuck it, I can't get it. And this is like, and this is pre-cell phone camera days, no? No, I think it was still around. I mean, this is probably, I don't want to say like 20, 2011, 20, 2012, maybe somewhere in there. 
So this, so this video, you know, fuck this podcast. This video could very well be circulating. Oh yeah, I don't fuck either, man. They definitely have security cameras in there that caught that whole fucking thing. And there's that, right? Yeah. So like, I mean, that's Shit, that's man. like one story. And then I was like, yo, <laughs> just, I'm just laughing, crying, while the security guard has to be like, dude, could you please put your dick away and go back to work? <laughs> <laughs> Which like. As a, not only as a security guard, but also as a person, <laughs> I have to like be like, hey man, can you just, can you put your dick back? Cause we still have stuff to do. Yeah. Possible. Do you think that could, now did he, did he then eventually go back to wash the dishes or? Oh yeah, he had to. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I feel like at that point, like, I mean, I would think at least, yeah, that's true. Like from management perspective, like they can't just, if they fire you on the spot, who's going to fucking do the dishes? Yeah, I'm not sure the managers ever heard about that, though, to be honest. Because like, we, were, we were pretty close as a staff for the most part, especially the bar staff. We were all like, and nobody's going to go and be like, hey, I can't find so-and-so. They're like been missing for an hour. You know, right. like they're not going to go to the manager unless it like, I imagine it, it was probably getting close to that because the bar was getting so slammed with dirty glasses that they didn't have any clean ones to make drinks in. So I think it was getting pretty close to that, but they finally got those dudes back there. And, you know, it was, it was wild. I mean, that it just goes to show with this bar as classy as a bar you could have alcohol will completely go the other way with it. You know? yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> like there was one time we had a Nike uh, buyout where Nike came in and they bought out the whole place for a private party. And it turned out it was a private party for a um, professional skateboarder that they were sponsoring. Okay. And so I don't know if you know about skateboarders, man, but like they don't dress nice. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. Like, and they, they That's all they heard, I got into that work. No, all they heard was like, dude, we're going to have a party for this skateboarder who invited all of his friends and it was an open bar. So we just got everybody hammered, all these skater dudes hammered. And I mean, in that same little room that Isaac was caught getting blown in, <laughs> the dude whose shoe it was that they were that Nike was throwing the party for, right? He was caught in there railing a chick. <laughs> I mean, they walk in and he's just like pounding away in there. <laughs> they were just like, dude. Which, like, I mean, how do you? Well, for, like, how do you handle that? Like, as the bar staff, like, what do you like? Hey, oh, I mean, that's that's not my issue. Like, it's the buyout. They're like, you know, that's where the managers have to be. Like, dude, what? <laughs> yeah, we don't. This isn't a brothel necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So that was like just like you know one random thing. I think the best story though I could tell you that from all this was um, one time they I was madly to work. I didn't know. I, every every week I had the same exact schedule, and then I didn't know to check the schedule one day because they had a buyout that was an earlier time, and so like I didn't know that I had to come in at an earlier time. I was like an hour late to work easily, if not like longer, and I show up, and everyone's fucking pissed, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't know, you know, like I walk in, I'm not even like really dressed, you know, like I, I like had my uniform on, but you know, you had to wear like a vest and a tie and like, you know, my shirt was like all undone and when my tie wasn't tied and they were like, dude, do you know what fucking party this is? And I was like, no. They're like, do you not read your emails? <laughs> and it turns out it was like a, um, a uh, buyout that was like very secretive. Like they made you sign uh, NDAs and stuff saying you won't tell who's there 
or won't say anything about what happens. And it was like a, it was a wedding. It was a private wedding. And it was for two people that own like uh, a big ass production company in Los Angeles, like one of the biggest production companies. And so um, I, I'm just running behind the bar to like get to work or whatever. And um, I look over and I was like, Holy shit. Is that, is that fucking Brad Pitt? (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, and then you know somebody like one of the partners like yeah idiot do you not read your fucking emails <laughs> and i like and then i look over i'm like oh fuck that's angelina jolie <laughs> what the fuck oh. and dude like and then i like, started looking around and i was like oh it's all celebrities so these were all these people that worked with this production company sure right 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 it was the owners of the production company that were getting married so shit man it was crazy. So like, you know, like, um, maybe like an hour goes by and, uh, <clears throat> and Brad Pitt comes to the bar and we were at that point, we, we were done serving the cocktails. Cause it was, you know, it was a wedding. So it was all staged. Okay. And, um, and we were basically like, just, they had the bartenders go out and pick up plates, you know, we'd like to help the busters out because it's, you know, that's, that's, that's the point they were at in the night. They just needed all the plates off the tables and shit. So I start going over to, to Brad, who's right next to the end of the bar and I was like, you know, grabbing some stuff off him. And then he, um, and he goes, he goes, oh, this is such a cool place. He goes, how do you like working here? And I was like, well, clearly I'm living the dream, buddy. You know, like, and, <laughs> and he just, he smiles at me and he goes, he goes, oh, he goes, uh, he goes, well, he goes, what do you, uh, what do you really want to do? He's like, are you an actor? He's like, I take it you're an actor. And I go, well, Bradley, as a, as a matter of fact, I'm not, you know, Bradley. Did you yeah. call Bradley? Oh yeah, for sure. I did it specifically for a comedic effect. And uh, that's yes. And I said, actually, I'm a comedian. And he looked at me and goes, Oh, he goes, Oh shit, really? And he was like genuinely surprised because I think he thought that I was going to say actor. And, sure, right. But, and, uh, and I said, Yeah, I'm. Mean, you know, I do. I do stand up and um, I write for TV and stuff like that. And he goes, He goes, Oh shit. He goes, Well, how's that going? And it's like, Well, Bradley, it would be uh, going a lot better if you and your wife would adopt me. <laughs> and literally murdered like crushed him and he just because that was at the time where all those adoptions were happening with sure, yeah, you know, yeah. It was like 2010 2011 you know and oh that's perfect man. and he starts laughing hysterically and he's like holy shit he goes that was funny and i go thanks you know whatever and he goes he goes hey angie and he starts <laughs> oh man and he's like he's like tell tell her this the same thing you just told me and he like made me repeat the joke to her Yes. She did not find it nearly as funny as he did. I, something, something was going to tell me, I knew going into this, like, which one of those two would really have the sense of humor about that sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah, I can't see Angie uh, getting on board for that shit at all. No, well, she like, she goes, she like basically smirks. She's like, oh, that's funny. (laughs) That's like. Okay. That's about the the equivalent of crushing with Angelina. Yeah. all right, yeah, to be fair, like, that's probably the most you'll get out of her, I could see. Um, but, yeah, Brad, uh, so Brad, Brad, I think, I feel like Brad would be more in pocket for that sort of shit. Yeah, I was bummed because I was going to try to talk to him again later, you know, like, bullshit with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, by the way, here's my card, you know. <laughs> you saw me be funny here. Yeah, exactly. Adopt me for real. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> It was weird, like, because this, like, this place was bananas, man. Like, this whole, this whole uh, wedding that I was working, um, like, Rashida Jones was there, and I, I have like such a crush on her. She's so yeah. fucking hot. She's great. And, 
Yeah, and so, like, as the night kept going on, like, she was getting more and more hammered, and she kept making out with different dudes. What? And yeah, this is, like, a, you know, 2010, 2011, or something like that. And uh, and I was like, fuck, man. And every dude she dropped the party? And every dude she'd make out with would leave. And I was like, who's leaving her here? Like, what? You know, like, let go out and party or do something. Yo, man, that's, I mean, I can't, like, so, like, they would make out with her, right? And then they were just like, all right, peace. And then just. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I saw her make out with at least two or three different dudes at at this wedding. And I was like, man, uh, I started, like, telling one of the, the other bartenders, I was like, yo, dude, like, that's like number three. Like I could be four. I could be number four. You know? <laughs> I could, I just, this is, I, I didn't know this information going in. This yeah. could be me. Yeah. This so I was like, so in there, like the party kept getting smaller and smaller. And then, um, it was basically like, let's say like 20 people were left total. Right. Okay. And so at the end of the night, I'm sitting there like she's at, Rashida's at the, at the bar. Just like we had a far end bar too. She's over there. Cause that's when they closed down the main bar. And so I'm just kind of standing there and I'm like looking around, I'm, you know, just chilling. And all of a sudden I look at the dance floor and Natalie Portman is on the dance floor. Yo, man, everybody is, this is, this is star studded. This is, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. So like, so Natalie's going like this, like, come on to all these friends that she has. And nobody wanted to dance anymore because it was the end of the night. And I think they were just drunk or tired. Okay. so she's like, no, it's going to dance with me or whatever. And I just like, I looked around and was like, fucking shoot your shot. And I slid like literally right up onto the fucking dance floor and I go, I'm, I'm, I'll dance with you. And she just started losing it crying. And then we just started dancing together. <laughs> was, she, was she hammered too? Yeah, she was drunk, but like, she just thought it was hilarious. And she was like, she goes, do you work here? And I go, yeah. I go, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to dance with Natalie Portman. Yeah, you don't, like, I mean, think if you didn't do that and the story that wouldn't be told right now. Oh, yeah, man. And, well, here's the thing. And in my head, I was like, you know, I was like, oh, shit, like, I don't give a fuck, you know. And uh, she was super nice. She was, like, asking me my name. And she was like, oh, you know, how do you like working here, blah, blah, and, like, you know, chatting it up kind of thing. And then, um, you know, we're dancing for a little bit. Maybe, like, I'm saying, like, maybe two minutes. Okay. Tops, you know, they went by quick. And then she was like, so she leans into me and I was like, oh, is she going to kiss me? And uh, no, she goes to my ear and she goes, she goes, hey, I don't want to alarm you, but I think you might be getting in trouble right now. And, <laughs> and I was like, and I go, and I looked at her and I looked over behind me and there was my boss just standing there like this and just like <laughs> arms crossed to just fucking pissed and just shaking his head. And he was like, you could just see his, like his face starting getting red and he's standing next to the security guard and they're both just like jesus christ dude what are you doing and i looked at her and i said to her i go you know if any way you're gonna get fired this is the fucking way i want to go out hell yeah she just started laughing she goes yeah it's a hell of a story i go yeah and also you know you'll give me a job And (laughs) and she just started laughing and then the my boss was motioning to me to like you know get over here yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. like i go all right well i gotta go sorry you know and then i fucking left and she was like oh no and i was like see she wants me to be here like you know? <laughs> and uh my boss was just like come on and so that was the end of that and then <laughs> i wish i had a better ending there but um but then i walked over to the other bar where rashida was at 
and Rashida was like, she goes, she goes, damn, I didn't know you had moves like that. And I was like, what the fuck? And I go, hello. <laughs> you know, like, who are you? I tried so hard. I was like, I go, yeah, blah, blah. I go, by the way, my name is Chris. And she was like, and then she, she was trash though. She was like, she goes, oh, cool. And I was like, oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> And, and it was basically like I I threw out a couple of things where I was trying to start a conversation. She was just too trashed and basically like nothing not having came it. of it. But that was all in one night. You believe that's that? fucking nuts, by yeah. the way. And as long as I've known you, I never heard this story before. In my, I, you've never told this. I'm glad yeah. now. Well, it's it's not really like a story you tell on stage. It's more of a story you just tell your you know about like when you're yeah. bullshitting about back in the day with working bartending jobs and shit. You know. Yo, man, that's a, uh, that is a, that is a whirlwind event, man. Yeah. And you know what? Because of me, they ended up having to put in the next NDA or whatever the fuck when they had a celebrity thing that you're not allowed to dance with anybody. <laughs> Which, you know what? To be fair, what it didn't say it on the NDA. It didn't say it. It didn't say it. And also, like, um, it was. Oh, come on. The owner was just like, I can't believe you did that. I was like, who cares, man? I go, what do I give a fuck? Like, if you wanted to fire me, that's the best way to go out. And I said, and if you didn't, you know what, man? Like, there's worse things you could fire an employee for. I wasn't stealing. I wasn't, like, fucking up. All I did was just have a little dance at the end of the night when there was literally, like, nothing going on. And we're we're basically done, you know? Is a bartender and engaging the audience, right? And on top of that, too, I would think, it's like, it's not as if, like, this was, like, if she was, like, fuck you, get away from me, then yes. Like, you, I think there would be grounds for termination, right? But she was having fun. Yeah, no, she was totally cool with it, yeah. She's with it, then. I, uh, I, there is no, I'm not, I'm not trying to hear that from your boss right now. <laughs> but, yeah, we used to get, we, we used to get all the celebrities in there all the time anyway, and so it's, like, you know, that's that. I go, I said to the owner, I go, if you think that's the worst thing I've done with a celebrity or said to a celebrity that's come in these doors, you're kind of, you're kind of an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're missing, you're missing a lot of what, yeah. uh, what goes on in these, in these walls and halls here. Right. Yeah. I, one time I waited on uh, Cameron Diaz and Gwyneth Paltrow. They came okay. in together and uh, they came in and they, um, they got bottle service, champagne, so they sat at a table. It was kind of dead. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday. It was kind of like an off night. And I go and I bring the champagne over and I pop it and I start pouring for them. And, uh, you know, they start talking to me and I said, oh, I go, you know, it's a pleasure to like, you know, to have you guys in here. I said, I'm actually a big fan of both years. And then Cameron just looks at me dead ass and she goes, well, which one do you like better? Oh, shit. And then I looked at her. I go, well, her now after that bullshit. Yes. And she loses it. She <laughs> starts crying, laughing. And I was like, are we going to be honest? I mean, come on. And I said, you're going to ask me questions like that. Of course I'm going to go with Gwyneth, man. You know? <laughs> Shout out how greatest movie ever made. You know? <laughs> like, and Team Gwyneth now and forever. And she just starts crying, laughing. She just goes, she goes, I like this guy. I fucking like this guy. And then she gave me 500 bucks. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, let's face it. That, that bottle was free. Yeah, I mean, come on. Like, that was like a $3,000 bottle. I mean, that's, you know, that is a theory as to why uh, celebrities keep all their money is because they never have to fucking spend it. No, so make, your, make your venue look great. Yeah, I mean, and at a bar, like, you know, they're paid to be there, 
right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so wow, that is a that is a very star-studded uh, uh, history uh, bartending history. Yeah, there's a lot more that came in there and stuff like that. But I mean, there's you know the only the only really wild shit that I I could think of is one time it wasn't a celebrity thing, but like one time this girl was we had stairs like that. The only way in and out of the bar is these big ass stairs. I mean, they had uh, an elevator, but it was only for handicapped people. And it was like in the back, you know, hidden right. away kind of thing. But these stairs were like this long grand staircase that went all the way up. It's a lot of fucking stairs and it's very steep. So like this girl was hammered and she was starting to, she went all the way up the stairs. And when she got to the last like four or five stairs, she goes, I'm going to run. And then <laughs> she, Literally, I'm standing at the top of the stairs about to go down, and she tries to run up them. She trips, eats shit. Her legs fly behind her head. Whoa. And a fucking high heel goes over her head, off her foot, over her head, and down, like, into the bar because it's just open there. Right. So, All right. And it slams somebody right in the fucking head. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It, that's like, and, and security's going crazy because they're like, somebody's throwing a shoe. Someone's throwing fucking shoes. And they're trying to figure out where it came from. And I was like, nah, this dumb drunk bitch just fucking ate shit and it fucking went over the balcony. <laughs> and it hit somebody in the head and it felt so bad because some poor person that was just drinking at the bottom there ended up getting smacked right in the head with a fucking high heel. Who, mind you, like, you know, was minding their own business and clobbered yeah. by a shoe by this drunk nightmare of woman. Now I'm assuming at that point she was kicked out. Is that a safe assumption? Oh yeah. They, they, they kicked her out right away. Cause she was leaving anyway. So it was like one of those things, but she was just like, where's my shoe? And they were like, Oh, that's how that fucking thing got down there. <laughs> yeah. Now we have like a confusion. It's like we Secret have, Service. Oh, there's a shooter. There's a fucking shooter. We have an active shooter, if you will. Hey. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that was... I still that's got pretty much. That's pretty much, like, the only, like, other thing. I mean, um, I've been trying to think of any more, like, celebrities or anything. I met some... Like, Julia Roberts went in there once. And, uh, and they were like, oh, this is Chris. Can you show her through, like... They wanted me to... So she didn't have to walk through the main crowd. So I could sure. take her around like the secret way, basically. And um, and something like, I was making jokes because somebody was like, oh, he's a comedian. And I was like, great, now I got to fucking be on. You're on. You're on yeah, dude. and she was just, I think she had just dropped that movie, Eat, Pray, Love. Sure, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, and I said something to her. I was like, oh, I'm thinking about writing a sequel called Eat, Shit, Nap. And she did not think <laughs> that was funny. That. That was it was a terrible joke, but at the same time, shooters gotta shoot, you know? Hey, look, you had a zero percent chance before, and then you had less you had more than zero after, right? Or during that. Yeah. So I'm, I mean I, at least at least I didn't look at her and go, Well, why the long face, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> which I kept saying in my head, do not say that to her. If that joke uh, bombs, do not say that to her. Yeah, don't don't follow with that, right? You yeah. don't want you don't want that. Nah, and she was actually super sweet. She was super nice. She smiled at me. She goes, "Oh, that's funny," or something like that. And I was like, "Yeah, that fucking bombed." But right. <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, just shoot your shot, man. Well, yeah. you know, these are thank you, thank you for bringing. Uh, this has been the night. This is uh, 
for all the episodes I've done, this is the most like Hollywood behind the scenes we've gotten. So this is nice to hear. Um, oh yeah. It's yeah. a super LA bar, man. So that's the thing. It's like you work at like these nightclubs in LA, they're high end. You're going to, and it's a very gimmicky bar because it's 1930s and people sure. dress up and they get dressed out nice. And you know, so you get like some, some different, definitely yeah, some big clientele come in there, you know, get some big names. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We appreciate that. We appreciate the insight here. Uh, oh yeah. We appreciate you. So we are now uh, going to, again, thank you for uh, uh, bringing this uh, to us here today, sir. Yeah, uh, of course, of course. We are now going to get into our next segment of the show, which is five questions for a bartender. Uh, so this is part of the show where I'm going to ask you some questions and, you know, we're going to learn a little bit more about your world and your perspective, that of a bartender. So our first question, what is the biggest misconception people have about being a bartender? biggest misconception yeah um the biggest misconception is i i think that's um that we we know every drink mm. we know like we have every single thing memorized because a lot of times we don't like somebody's gonna be like hey can i get you know some fucking random ass like you know can i get the gym search on the rocks with a splash of you know swiping swipeness to it you know they don't, they don't make those anymore chris they don't yeah. Those. I mean, look, most of us, most of us have like the basic shit memorized, of course, you know, but, right. you know, everyone always thinks that that, you know, oh yeah, that, you know, and, and also people think that we're always drinking on the job too, which a lot of times, yes. <laughs> True misconception. Yeah. Oh, there were some times I get so fucked up. I'd have to hang out after work for a couple hours in order to drive home. That's fucking funny. I just have to sit there with water for the last like two, three hours of work to be like, okay, I think I'm fine now. But yeah, I mean, there's there a lot of times that people are like, oh, would you like a shot? They try to offer you, buy you a shot. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm good, you know? But it's, uh, yeah, that that's what I would say the probably biggest misconceptions are. Okay, all right. Um, now, question two, which I feel like we might have answered, but we'll see if it gets better than this. Um, what is the biggest tip you've ever received as a bartender? Um, I mean, I did say that $500 tip, but I think the biggest one outside of that was a thousand bucks. Shit, man. Was this, well, was this over the, not this, that's still a thousand bucks, but was that for a drink or was that over the entire shift? Um, I think that was just for the, the shift that somebody just, someone rich came in and just, cause we split all our tips. Like we we're the ones that are like, you know, sharing. So they were just like, oh, we love your bar staff, blah, blah, blah. Like if somebody either rich or famous or both, I don't know. Um, Personally, like, I think the biggest tip I ever got was when I was waiting tables at a nice higher end place right. and I got like a $700 tip from one guy and it was because he ordered like really high end wine. And so his, bill, his bill was pretty expensive. So, well, 500, a thousand, 700, those are big numbers. Yeah. There's still, you know, good money in the restaurant industry. There's a reason why a lot of people fucking work in it, you know? Oh Yeah. Now, next question. Um, what is a pet peeve of a customer? What's the one thing you wish people who come up to the bar wouldn't do? Uh, probably snap at a bartender or call, like, whistle. Okay. Like, hey! Like, you know, it's like, dude, like, I'll be right with you. Just, you know, I always was the person that would acknowledge people, like, hey, you know, I'll be right with you one second. But if people like this or they start clapping or, or whistling or some shit. Like, it's like, dude, you know what? You go fuck yourself. You know, like it's just common courtesy or, you know, type of shit. I've also heard waving the credit card. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I'm not so mad at that because it means like, okay, I get it. You want to, you want to pay your check or whatever the fuck, but, um, but it would just be more of somebody, you know, whistling or trying to like get your attention somehow. Um, I did remember have one time another, like on the other end of it was, uh, um, somebody complained about a drink and they were like, I'm sorry, but like, I wrote a joke about it, but like, I go, they're like, this isn't strong enough. And they were fucking hammered. And I just go, sir, that's a shot of Jack. <laughs> to make that shot of Jack any stronger. Doesn't, like, doesn't I, don't know how to, that. I don't know how to infuse more Jack into the Jack, you know, like I can't. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. So, all right. Our next, uh, next question. If you owned a bar, what would you name it? Oh shit. Uh, Man, I didn't think about this, but I would probably say, oh, man. I don't know, man. To be honest with you, I don't really have an answer for that. We have another question. Do you want to come back to this? Go that. Let me think about it. I'm not sure. All right. So our somewhat final question. Um, What is your, and I actually, I know this answer, uh, but for the listeners that may not, what is your favorite drink? Oh, well, I mean, I'm, you know. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I, I feel stupid asking it because I'm yeah. like, I can't really answer this. However, for those who do not know Chris Millhouse, um, and in fact, they may see you out and would want to buy you a drink, what would that drink be that they would buy? Well, specifically, my favorite type of, of liquor is whiskey, and uh, I prefer rye whiskey. There's a Templeton is the name of the type of whiskey that I really like, so I'll get that on the rocks, or I'll just go with, like, a Jameson ginger ale, you know, or just some sort of whiskey on the rocks, basically. Can't go wrong. Yeah, you got it. And again, I was aware, however, out of, out of the integrity of my podcast, sir, I have to ask. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, we've drank plenty of times. I mean, I know that you, uh, you, you're a vodka soda guy. I'm a vodka <laughs> soda or at Jake's. At yeah, Jake's. or beers. It will be a Bud Light if we are at Jake's. Yep. Um, that is how I move. Um, so if you ever see us out, you know what we're drinking, and we would love for you to buy us drinks. Um, I'm also projecting out into the world that um, we'll be able to go to a bar. Um, now, do you have the name of your own bar? If you were to, in fact, own one. I mean, look, my family last name is McQuaid. So if I were to open something, it'd probably be an Irish bar called McQuaid's, you know, something simple. Keep it, keep it, keep it family oriented. Yeah. I mean, is there any, anybody uh, have any good, good bar names so far on this? Um, let's see. Last one was uh, Ruffled Feathers. Okay. I like that one. That was pretty fun. Um, oh, God, there is. Uh, down the beach, someone did a spinoff of down the, sh- it was like, not down the shore. It was like, I feel like they, they flipped down the shore and I can't remember it right now, but it was good. And I wish I could remember it. Um, okay. But the most recent one I remember was uh, ruffled feathers, uh, which I liked. What's uh, your answer to that question? Oh man. Uh, what would my, if I were to own a bar, um, search it, and destroy <laughs> search mission, uh, <laughs> You know, I would say, uh, God, maybe, uh, maybe search engine. Okay. That'd be fun. Uh, I'd have to do something search, right? Search related. Yeah. I mean, probably, probably, I should probably do something more Millhouse related, like Millhouse and cocktails or something like that, or 
It's coming up Millhouse. Yeah, everything's coming up Millhouse. There you go. It's coming up Millhouse, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you are actually the uh, first guest to ask me. So I, I was um, first here at the Open Bar Talk. <laughs> Hell yeah. Now, um, on to our final segment. Again, my favorite segment, which is what were you drinking? Now, this is the part of the show where I go into my Facebook timeline and I find some of the messiest posts I can come up with, and we can only assume that they're drinking when they wrote this. So you, as a bartender, need to figure out what exactly they were drinking when <laughs> they wrote it. Now, I will start from the top. <clears throat> Be careful how far you throw somebody under the bus. You might just end up throwing them so far that they miss the bus completely, and then you'll be standing on the other side of the road waiting for you to try and cross with your lame-ass excuses. Hashtag stay in your own lane. Hashtag watch the company you keep. What alcohol inspired all of this? That sounds like uh, it's got to be from a woman named Karen. (laughs) (laughs) It was a woman. Uh, You are correct. (laughs) Uh, However, the names have been redacted, uh, obviously. Um, But it's yes, I think we have the personality for that. And I think it's it sounds so high on their fucking pedestal and so high and mighty that you'd you'd have to have like a like a champagne cocktail like a a cure royale, you know? Okay. Something <laughs> that they're like, oh well, the peasants wouldn't drink this because I have money, you know. Right. And this is it sounds this is very much also I get the vibes of a a Real Housewife, a yeah. Real Housewife who has been deceited or who has been led astray by her friends, but yeah. some sort of champagne. I'd say some sort of champagne, some sort of champagne cocktail. Okay. Um, maybe a Cosmo, you know? Mm, I, could, I, can, I can hear that. Mm-hmm. I hear that through these words. I hear Cosmo through these words. <laughs> uh, so, again, thank you for your insight uh, here. Uh, we are trying to figure out what these motherfuckers are drinking and what they're on when they're doing this. And it takes experts like you who have been behind the bar to help us figure that out. Uh, and for that, we are thankful. Now, that'll, uh, that'll do it. That'll do it for us. Uh, this is uh, our episode of Open Bar Talk. Uh, Chris, I want to thank you for coming through, my friend. Um, hey, buddy. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. You know, I, I was trying to get you on the first season. Uh, shit got crazy. But you know what? Got none but fucking time now. Yeah, man. <laughs> doing this. And, you know, again, this is our uh, first Zoom episode. So we'll... Uh, Hope we'll get this uh, put onto a podcast so that y'all can hear it uh, because I believe in myself. That is why I'll do that. Um, is there anything you want to plug before, uh, before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, two things. First of all, wash your fucking hands. <laughs> Everybody wash your hands wearing face masks. I don't give a shit. Uh, second thing, uh, yeah, I have an album out on any sort of music streaming thing, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora. It's called Angry Little Man. Uh, you can find it just by searching my name, Chris Milhouse two L's in Millhouse, or you can find me on social media at, at Chris Millhouse, any social media. Go find him, go download that album, go listen to it. He's a very funny dude. And uh, you will not be disappointed with any of those things, especially washing your hands and fucking wearing a mask. Yeah. Do both of those things, but also 
be sure to download his shit and find him on the social medias. Um, so again, if you want to find our show, uh, plug that real quick, openbartalk uh, at gmail.com. Email us there, openbartalk on Instagram. Uh, you know, again, I post fun stories once in a while. I'll go back and read all those. Uh, if you want to find uh, the show platform-wise, uh, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes. Uh, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, go listen to all the old episodes. They're so much fun. And tell your friends. Uh, be sure to tell all your party people uh, that I uh, sit down with some of the funnest, uh, that's not a word, but you understand what I mean, the most fun bartenders uh, far and wide, and I'm so excited to do the show each and every time. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, Make sure you put a water between each drink, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.